Hi, and welcome to the Adventure Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Lucas, and in this podcast, we talk with Ed Malcolm and discuss a broad range of topics from travel to dining to business advice and more. We will also be sitting down with special guests who have expertise in all walks of life to provide insight and perspective in areas we are passionate about. We hope you enjoy and come along for an exciting adventure. All right, Ed, so thanks for sitting down with me today and talking about your passion that you developed for dining out and and experiencing different restaurants. So how do you feel that that passion developed and around what time would you say? Well, you know, I grew up in a uh, in a family where we didn't do a lot of dining out, although it was interesting. Once a month, uh, Dad would take us in the wintertime, usually to the Jade Palace downtown or to um, the red carpet in the summertime after we golfed at the Earl Grey, but, but that was a pretty rare occurrence. So when it started for me was when I got in the marketing tra- and trading side of the business and the petroleum business here in Calgary uh, with customers a lot locally, and uh, I was afforded the opportunity to travel primarily at that time around North America very fortunate to dine in some of the top restaurants in New York City, San Diego, New Orleans, places like that, you know, but also some holes in the wall that had just amazing food. So I think that was when I developed the the passion and the and the socialization for, for dining out. And at this point, or maybe just in general, uh, why do you like to go out to eat? Well, as I touched on, it's, uh, you know, the social aspect of being with family or friends or business associates and it's really you know it started from the business side of it really a great way to get to know people you know you're dealing with them over the phone or email or text and you get out with people one-on-one over a good glass of wine or a good meal in a in a great ambiance and and that's what I enjoy uh, to this day traveling around the world dining out is brings me tremendous joy to the point where my wife has said okay can we set a limit on the number of times we go out a week which of course I always break that rule, but it's, uh, <laughs> but but she tries. <laughs> she tries, not successfully, but she tries. Well, how do you decide where you want to dine on a particular night, and maybe it's different for when you're going out with your family than it is for if you're taking out a, a client or an associate. But how do you decide that? Yeah, you know, it's a it's a great question. Uh, sometimes when I travel, I think I should do more research to figure out what the top restaurants are. So sometimes when we're traveling, we will talk to the concierge or we'll have other people who've traveled to those places and make recommendations. But a lot of times, too, you just like to walk around and not be restricted to, okay, I had a 6.30 booking, so I've got to plan my day around that, that dinner time. And just walk along and you kind of see a vibe of, geez, there's a lot of people there. It just has a certain energy to it. So when we're traveling, uh, quite often we're just, we're just winging where we eat. Although if we're at a busy time, you're in a busy city, We'll try to book ahead, so we may walk by a restaurant, see, oh, that looks like a good spot, and get back and book it for the next night. Locally, living in Kensington and Calgary, we have a tremendous amount of great choices, and we feel a certain obligation to support the restaurants to keep them going, especially the last two years. Absolutely. A lot of friends joke with me and say that I single-handedly supported these restaurants to keep them going, and it's, you know, it's unfortunate because some of them have gone out of business around us. You know, and it just, it provides a diversity and uh, again, you know, we've got to know these people, they're like friends, the people that run the restaurant, so that's part of the experience is going in and visiting with those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you live right in one of the most uh, eclectic neighborhoods in town, but it does seem that it's also a, a bit volatile to restaurants especially. There's a lot of turnover, it seems, in there, it's kind of hard. There's a few that have stuck around for quite a while, 
But, uh, you know, it's tough when you build a relationship with the people, right? It's tough to see that turnover, and like you said, especially over the last two years. Are you calling me eclectic, Justin? <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment if you are, so I appreciate that. But I, I did hear a stat one time that, and I don't know if it's still true, it might be even more true over the last two years, that 80% of new restaurants go out of business within the first year and another 16% within the second year. That that seems like a high number to me, particularly with the places that, that I frequent, but... You know, I have so much respect for places like Caesars, which is my good friend George Petropoulos, his mm-hmm. wife Maria's family, Gus, and you know they've been in business for fifty years as of a as of a month or so ago. And it, I've got a ton of respect for people that are able to to do that because it's so hard. People typically want something new and different, but the fact that people love going to Caesars and love the tradition of it, and it was kind of a funny story there because George walked in one time to his father-in-law and said, "You know, look at this place. You've got updated. This is this is ridiculous." And his father-in-law grabbed him by the scruff of his collar and said, Georgie, do you see an empty seat in my restaurant? He goes, no, get the hell out of here. <laughs> well, and that's funny. So you said a, a month ago was 50 years for Caesars. Yeah. Which is monumental, a famous steakhouse in Calgary, if you don't know about it. Um, a month ago was the first time I've been there. Wow. Yeah. So it was kind of cool to see, you know, uh, my mom and, and dad had been there a number of times for whether it be meetings uh, with clients or, or whatever, but... It, it was interesting to see that it's still so popular and yeah it, it's not changed very much it's it's still very kind of rustic it's got that retro vibe of an old steakhouse it's it's really cool to see so if you like a place like caesar's and and other places that you don't like how do you kind of rate a restaurant and how do you rate that experience when you're in there yeah it's a, it's a great question i've often thought about as part of my blog you know having a, a rating system but the the three things really are the ambiance, the service, and the food. Any one of those can ruin it or, or make it a great great dining experience. I like to walk in and just feel a certain vibe uh, to the restaurant, and that can be that can be a whole separate podcast as to what makes that, that feeling of welcomeness and, and whatnot. One of the challenges I do have these days is that a lot of restaurants play the music quite loud. Mm. You know, as they get older, the hearing starts to deteriorate a bit. My yeah, that's for my generation. Yeah, yeah that's for your generation, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, I mean, it is it is fun. It's a fun vibe, like a place like Ten Foot Henry. Mm. You know, I love that place, one of my favorite restaurants. But sometimes when you get a bunch of people talking, a little bit of music playing, it, it's hard to have a conversation, especially if you have four people at a table or even six people at a table. But... Those are the you know the three things that, that I focus on are the, the ambiance, the service, and, and the food. And it, it's great to see when a place can nail that on a consistent basis. That, that's so impressive that the management is able to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I noticed you didn't really talk about aesthetic. Maybe that ties into ambiance, but do you have a preference of you know, a lot of restaurants are more dimly lit, a lot of restaurants are kind of more open and bright. Do you have a preference there? Does it depend on the event? Yeah, I'm probably in the middle. I don't like it too dark and I don't like it too bright. Mm-hmm. In, in the middle is where, uh, where my sweet spot is. Modesty is key there? Yeah. So what are some things, we talk about what you like about restaurants and, and you said service is one of the biggest things that can turn it off, but what, what are some things that turn off the experience of a restaurant for you? Most of the restaurants I go to at the end of the day have have pretty good food. It's very rare that the food is really substandard. I'm not super particular. I like like all foods and I like uh, unique things. So the the food is 
not very often a disappointment. Sometimes there are situations like our recent trip to Europe where there's often bones in the fish and that's just part of their culture. So it takes you a while to get used to that. So that, that's one case where the food was, uh, I had to recalibrate my thinking, but it really comes down to, to services that make or break. It's a real art to provide good service to get to a table in the right amount of time to provide the proper service but not be overbearing in that. You know, some people are, are scripted and, and overbearing and it's like, Back, back off sort of thing but mm-hmm. there's places like I go to Salt Lake all the time in downtown Calgary and, and they've got outstanding consistently good service places like Earl's and Joey's you know they've just got the formula figured out in terms of all three things the ambiance the the service and the food and again as I mentioned earlier I have so much respect for people that are able to do this because it's 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 a tough tough business but it can be so much enjoyment going out to a great restaurant that the people that nail it, it's it's great to see the success they've had. Well, you're right. I mean, it, it can't be such a great experience going to a restaurant, and I think that's what we're looking for when we go. Do you have uh, some unique experiences that you like to share, maybe the most unique? Um, yeah, you know, it was funny. One that comes to mind was when I was traveling on business in a, uh, a port city in northern Spain called Bilbao. We were out with this gentleman who was a very successful businessman and a couple of his uh his co-workers and at the end of the meal he pulled out a five dollar bill and left that for the tip and I, my first thought was you cheap SOB like five dollars for a tip but then I realized later on talking to my buddy he goes no you know in Europe they're paid a wage just like a, a regular worker and, and any tip means that it's been outstanding service so I went from thinking I don't want to do business with this guy because he's a cheapskate to understanding what the what the local culture was so that was one of them. We could fill a podcast with unique experiences for some reason. I'm one, sure we could. <laughs> another one that comes to mind is my brother and I were down traveling in Peru uh, where he had a business down there called the Amazon Herb Company. And we were in the Sacred Valley walking into uh, into town and went to this place that they'd recommended the hotel we were staying at. It almost looked like a broken down farmhouse and walked through a door on the main floor and didn't see a restaurant. And, Heard somebody yell from upstairs, come on up here, and went up these rickety stairs, and it, and it was decent, it was clean and whatnot, but we had the most amazing lamb meal that I've that I've ever had. I haven't been able to replicate it even at some of my favorite places to have lamb, like the Trough Restaurant, which is no longer in existence in Canmore, always had amazing lamb, but it was probably oh, six Oh, the Trough months. isn't there anymore? No, the, the Trough is gone, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, too bad. I think Richard, the owner, got you know a little bit burnt out. It's, it's, a, it's a tough business, and... Uh, he was one of the most amazing restauranteurs uh, that I've ever, ever run into. But it, uh, it it takes a toll on you working working those hours and often seven days a week. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if you're having a negative experience on the back end of the business like that, I'm sure that that can trickle over sometimes into the front. You, you must have had negative experiences as. A participant as a patron of, of some places. Yeah, you know, I've been fortunate over the years that probably 99.5% good experiences, but mm-hmm. the ones that stand out to me, and I've actually had two of them recently here, are where extra things get added onto the tab. And historically, I haven't scrutinized the tabs that closely. My buddy George Petropoulos, who I mentioned earlier, he was good at that because he was in the restaurant business. and. It happened in Atlanta the first time where there was just three of us share a bottle of wine and then they added another bottle of wine on and you know it was it was pretty obvious. It happened to me with my daughter and her friends in in Vegas and my daughter Robin is very astute at these things and we kind of picked up on that just mentally, you know, in your head you go, Well that that bill doesn't make sense. And unfortunately the the four times that come to mind that I've been charged extra things in every case, 
I didn't feel like the wait staff um, was being was being honest. Mm-hmm. Like their response seemed to indicate to me that they tried to pull one over our eyes, and that that was very disappointing. And, and these were these were all high end restaurants, so you kind of wonder how do they stay in business doing that. So, anyways, that's uh, that's the biggest turnoff for me is when the bill, if it's done honestly, we, we've actually had cases where things weren't added on the bill and people mm-hmm. are so appreciative when you mention that to them because I think in a lot of cases the, that would probably come out of their pocket and they might have a not make any money that night or actually lose money that night. So that that's part of the reason that I actually scrutinize the bills more closely is to make sure we've been charged for all the wonderful food and the wonderful service that we've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know um, my mother is a lot like that as well. Uh, she always looks over the bill just to make sure everything's everything's there, plain as can be. We've talked about some pleasant experiences that you've had, some unique ones, and then some negative ones. But at this point, this is going to be a tough question, but could you give me a top three favorite restaurants that you've been to? First one that comes to mind, and it, and it goes back to something we talked about on our uh, on our travel podcast, is that the expectations, and we were in Reykjavik, and, you know, it's not a third world country by any means, but it's not known as a New York City either. Mm-hmm. So I didn't expect it to be a dining mecca. And the first night, the restaurant we went to there, and I, the name escapes me, it was a two-level one. And I walked in, and it was as nice as, as nice a restaurant as anywhere I've been in the world. Uh, we sat at the bar. It was a great interactive experience with the wait staff. The place was packed. We ate some unique food, which some people might kind of uh, raise their eyes at, but having things like puffin and whale and things like that are local delicacies and you have to understand when you travel around the world that there's different foods for different countries that are more accepted than people outside the country would think so that was an amazing experience there was another one with the family at a little town just outside of split croatia that we had a 13 course meal uh, 13 with my, course 13 courses with my daughters and my sister mary we had her over there for her birthday you know, the 13-course meals, they give you a small amount, so it ends up not being a ridiculous amount of food, and you get to experience a lot of different things. But mm-hmm. the funny part was it was a nine-course wine pairing as well, and some of my daughters and wife aren't big into the wine. So mm-hmm. for myself and uh, my daughter, Robin, who tend to carry the load a bit more on the wine, the, the wine equaled the number of uh, dinner courses. But it, but it's interesting in Croatia that the way they make the wine, we never never had a hangover over there from the from the wine. So... That was an experience, and my wife loves to tell the story. When we walked to their restaurant, there was this group of young kids walk along just singing at the top of their lungs, and, and that's what they do in Croatia. People, you'll be walking along, and you'll go by a rugby field, and they're sitting in the dressing room singing at the top of their lungs. So mm-hmm. even though it wasn't in the restaurant, it was part of the, uh, the experience that stood out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got uh, Reykjavik and Dubrovnik, Croatia. Give me your favorite one from our hometown, Calgary. Oof, putting the, uh, pressure on, putting the pressure on me Didn't there. expect that one. Yeah, eh? I'm, I'm get, I, might, I might get in trouble here. <laughs> I hate to break it down to one, so I'm not sure if I can do that. We were at the Dean House on Sunday night, and it's mm-hmm. consistently a favorite. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat on you and say the the Dean House always comes to mind. I really like Nupo from a sushi standpoint in East Village. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna cheat on you and go with those two as two of my favorites. But I do have many other. And many other places that I really enjoy in Calgary. So uh, might be something to delve into for a future podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, just quickly, I was kind of thinking that, you know, you mentioned some of the nicer restaurants in town, but I think Calgary also has a unique variety, just being the 
melting pot city that we are, I think we get the best at the top and the bottom end. So, for instance, like Peter's drive-through is uh, famous, at least provincially, I believe, famous drive-through just burger and, and shake place. But I, I feel that as much as I love uh, highs, which is you know great steakhouse downtown, I equally enjoy Peter's almost equally, but obviously they're not equivalent experiences. So can you speak to that at all? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great comment, and I, I love your comment about Peter's because I actually went to high school with the, the chap who was very introverted chap that the family owned Peter's. I'm not sure if they still do or not. And, and my mother, that was that brought her as much joy as anything was going to Peter's to have a, a burger. I'm Personally, I'm not a Peter's burger uh, person myself. Oh, blasphemy. But, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I know you're going to kick me off the show. <laughs> but um, I think what's interesting in Calgary is that when I grew up, we didn't have a lot of diversity in our restaurant scene. But I think what happened is from kind of 1983 onward when the, the oil patch took off and we had workers come from around the world. You had a lot of these immigrants come in and uh, open these phenomenal restaurants, whether it's Vietnamese or Thai or Indian or Chinese or whatever. And so now in Calgary, we've got a plethora of great, great ethnic restaurants, and I'm still to this day discovering new ones all the time that are often holes in the wall that provide just uh, tremendous uh, food. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, well, uh, we've discussed a few things now, and we want to try and keep these a little bit shorter. So, Ed, thanks so much for coming on, and it's always fun talking to you, especially about your experiences. Uh, Is there any closing comments that you have? Yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to getting some friends of mine on the show that have owned restaurants and been involved in the restaurant business because I think there's so many things that go on behind the scenes that the average person doesn't understand the complexities of a restaurant, and I'm really looking forward to... uh, bringing on some guests to tackle some of those subjects. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it too. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ed. This has been a pleasure. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Adventure Podcast. Make sure to check back for future episodes with special guests and more topics pertaining to experiences and passions we have in life. We'll see you on the next adventure.